the biggest salary cap in NFL history. How can the Denver Broncos improve their roster and make tweaks along the way? You get that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The richest owners in the NFL will have the highest salary cap in league history as the NFL makes drastic changes with adding the 17th game regular season, expanded media rights, and every team in the NFL is going to benefit from it. Welcome into a brand new episode, Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for tuning in and making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. You can get this podcast free and available everywhere you get your podcast in audio format or you can watch us on YouTube. Do us a favor, hit that subscribe button down below so you never miss out on a day's worth of Denver Broncos news content coverage and more every single day, all year long, because for the true fan, there is never an offseason. I'm your host as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports, joined alongside as always by my co-host and good friend, Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantly orange.com. Sarah, the NFL announced earlier this week that the salary cap will be at the highest it's ever been in league history and as we've seen everybody follows the salary cap closely not many people understand it but at this point the Broncos have a ownership group that is the richest ownership group in all of pro football combined with that some potential moves that they can make in between so I mean realistically speaking like how are you feeling about uh, the news that the salary cap rose drastically earlier this week Well, I think it's great, Cody, and it's great to know that the Broncos are also in the top half of the league in terms of cap space. They've got over 12 million in cap space, which doesn't seem like a lot, right? I mean, especially compared to like, you know, the Chicago Bears have almost 100 million in cap space. But look, the the NFL salary cap, I'm trying to think of an analogy here. It's kind of like you know, whose line is it anyway, right? It's like everything's made up and the points don't matter. You know, the the New Orleans Saints last year, remember, they moved around about $100 million in terms of the salary cap just by doing restructures, things like that. So you already have flexibility to be able to maneuver the cap as need be. But now you've got cash-rich owners, Cody, which is absolutely huge for the Denver Broncos because the salary cap has increased from $208.2 million now up to two hundred. 24.8 million it's the biggest like you said it's the biggest salary cap ever i think it's going to be fascinating to see what this means for a lot of nfl teams not just the denver broncos but how to you know contending teams that have just been given a 16 million dollar boost in their salary cap how does that you could fit a lot of players under your salary cap for a year with 16 million in flexibility it's going to be really interesting to see what the broncos do but there's a number of big name players this is where this is where i I think the Broncos have an advantage. They have a number of players on their team that give them flexibility in terms of their current contracts, where they can go with those contracts, and what they might do with them. Well, and I think on top of that, too, because everybody's wondering, okay, well, where do the Broncos currently stand with this number? Obviously, we talk about rollover. That's already been applied. Denver will have just over $12 million in cap space, which is 13th right now in the NFL. So that's 
considered the top half of the NFL, which I, I knowing how George Payton, Richard Tato, how they operate, they are going to find ways to create even more flexibility, right? To the point of what you mentioned, taking a look at some of the players on this team who have the biggest cap hit going into 2023. Obviously, Russell Wilson will have one at $22 million considering he just signed a massive contract. And when you look at like $22 million in comparison to some of the other quarterbacks, the highest paid QBs in the league, it's not even up there, right? There's some other quarterbacks that have some really significant price hikes going. One thing I think we can mention is we have seen Patrick Mahomes restructure his contract as well. So is Russell Wilson going to be in line to potentially doing something along those lines? I wouldn't rule it out because they can realistically convert it into a signing bonus and then it's just extra money at that point. On top of that, Justin Simmons, obviously an all-pro safety, definitely I think his numbers proved why he's one of the highest paid safeties in the game. His cap hit will be at $18.15 million this year. Garrett Bowles at $17.8 million coming off of a pretty major injury. And then Randy Gregory at $16.1 million. I mean, Denver does, as you mentioned, have flexibility here, especially with some of these guys and maybe approach them saying, hey, we'll convert this into a signing bonus. Will you be willing to restructure a bit? Because then they can also add in, I think, some back-end incentives and whatnot that allow them to make that money. Uh, but I think ultimately, if it's like if it's what's best for the team and gives the Broncos a chance to go out there and make some moves, as we all know, there's plenty of moves for them to make to be able to contend and compete and get back on track, hopefully to a playoff berth at some point. And that's the thing, Cody, is that you you need to have good players in order to be able to do that. And so whenever everybody hears these cap numbers or, or when they see the opportunity, you know, we like we'll talk about here in the next segment, but you got all this headroom to potentially cut or trade guys. Well, you got to really think long and hard about whether or not you're going to cut or trade them because they're good players, even if they are injury prone, even if they are not the most reliable or if, you know, they struggled this past season. You can't just arbitrarily cut guys and expect to have a good roster the next year. I think, you know, a lot of fans like to go in and they want to see, okay, I'm going to go into spot rack. I'm going to do the manager roster thing. I'm going to cut all the guys that have big headroom in terms of the, the, the cap space saved if you cut and I'm going to cut these guys and I'm going to get the cap space number all the way up to 50 million or whatever it is because <laughs> the Broncos could get all the way up there. But if you do that, then you're without big time players on both sides of the ball. Right. And that's, that's a tough place to be, especially when you have a late first round pick, you don't have a second. Yeah. You do have the two third round picks, but you can't just cut everybody and expect to go into free agency and sign whoever you want. This isn't Madden. You can't save before free agency and quit the franchise mode and go back in is that still what they do on the game Cody that's what I was doing like 10 10 12 years ago that's what I was doing I mean people people just turn the salary cap off there you go see (laughs) you turn the salary cap off you turn the rules off you know you can sign anybody you want to uh it was different back in the day you had to work for those free agents there but you know what I think that that's exactly where the Broncos need to really be thinkative on these big names that you just a few of them that you just mentioned couple of those guys could be cut or trade candidates and uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about that now so which players could the Broncos look at restructuring cutting or trading to save money going into the 2023 
NFL season. You'll get that on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. But this episode of the show is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever wanted to be an NFL general manager, you can do that all from the palm of your hand with Ultimate Football GM. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft and all the ups and downs of a season, not to mention managing the salary cap. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want to. And we've created Locked On Leagues for you to compete against Locked On fans all over the world. Can you be the ultimate Locked On Football GM? Choose the Locked On League in the app to join. Can you create a football dynasty? Locked On Broncos listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in all caps in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps. So make sure you check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. Which players could be potentially asked to restructure their contract in the offseason to help generate more cap space with free agency approaching on March 15th? Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in. Making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. You can get this podcast free and available everywhere you get your podcast in audio format. Or you can get this on YouTube as well. If you want to watch us, do us a favor. Hit that subscribe or follow button if you have not done so already so you never miss out on a day's worth of Denver Broncos news content coverage and more. Sarah, we're talking about the brand new salary cap for the NFL this year, the increase of it, you know, it from 208 million to about 224 million. That is a drastic jump. We talked about some of the players who have some high cap hits in this season in particular coming up in 2023. Which players could the Broncos look to approach to say, hey, can you restructure this? Who could be potential trade candidates or who could be cut candidates? Because as you mentioned, sometimes when you do cut players, you do save some money. Money. Who are some players on that list that Broncos country needs to keep their eye on? Well, I think let's look first and foremost at the guy who's got probably the the greatest chance of being let go by the Broncos, Cody. I would say offensive lineman Graham Glasgow. Remember, he restructured his deal last offseason to stay with the team. This offseason, he's got a $14 million cap hit, which the Broncos can save $11 million if they cut him. So that $11 million in savings, I think the Broncos will take that. That doubles their cap space, essentially. That takes you from $12 million available to $23 million available. That's a pretty easy move when you're considering the fact that he's not going to be getting that $14 million. They won't let that $14 million count against the cap this year. But on the offensive line, Cody, I think we have another very interesting case, a very interesting situation with the Broncos starting left tackle, Garrett Bowles. What are they going to do with him this year? What's the team's perception on him after the the, the major injury, the season-ending injury. We don't know who the, the head coach is going to be, the offensive line coach. We don't know if that's going to ultimately matter of whether they keep Garrett Bowles. What are your thoughts on Garrett Bowles? Because I know we mentioned it in segment one. He has one of the top five biggest cap hits on the team at $17.82 million. I mean, I think you have to I think you have to approach and ask him to restructure, right? And, and look, and I think we can use Graham Glasgow as a perfect example in this situation. Every year since Graham has been a member of the Broncos, the general manager, I mean, the front office has asked him if he would be willing to restructure to stay on the team. And he's always been willing to say yes, right? And, and Graham himself has dealt with injuries throughout the course of his Broncos career. I would say, like, for a guy like Garrett Bowles, obviously what happened last year, and 
week five against the Colts, that injury was a freak injury. You know, it's not something you always see happen that often. And yeah, I mean, there, there are some questions. I mean, anytime a player gets hurt, which this is the unfortunate nature of the NFL, right? Because anytime a player gets hurt, everybody questions, are they going to be the same guy? Are they going to be the same guy that you paid and gave a contract extension to? Which, I mean, sometimes it's like, is that a fair thing to ask? I mean, and the business side of things in the NFL, that is unfortunately what is asked. For Garrett, I mean, I believe that the Broncos will approach him and ask him to restructure. The question is, like, will Garrett do that? That is a question that... I have no answer to. I imagine he would, but there's so much on the line. I mean, Garrett has always seemed like a team player anyways. Like he's always do, willing to do what's best for the team. So yeah, I think maybe they asked to restructure. I mean, I would be shocked if they cut him because right now, look, hey, the Broncos have no answer at right tackle. And certainly, you know, without Garrett Bowles there, they really have no answer at left tackle. So I, I think that you approach him for a restructure. Now there's some other guys as well, right? There's fan favorite. We talked about Justin Simmons also having a pretty high cap hit coming into this season. The last thing I'm ever going to do is say the Broncos are going to trade him. I think it would be stupid. I think it would be foolish if the Broncos were to ever consider trading away Justin Simmons. Now I get like if you're going to at some point do what you did with Von Miller, right? You're going to trade him to a team you know is going to win the Super Bowl at, at some point of his career, right? If the Broncos just simply can't win year in and year out and you want to do right by a guy, you know, you do what you know the Broncos did with Von Miller. Outside of that, I think Justin Simmons should be a lifer for the Broncos and I think that you probably approach him and ask him to restructure. He may be willing to do that. I mean, like I said, a lot of this stuff gets converted into a signing bonus. What's your thoughts on on Justin Simmons? Well, Cody, you know, I think he would have to demand a trade in order for anybody to get on board with the idea of moving him, right? I, I think yeah. that would have to be the case. If the Broncos just decided, hey, we're going to put him up, you know, on the trade block, I think that would infuriate pretty much everybody. He's one of the key leaders on the team. I'd be pissed. Key guy in the community. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't be happy. I mean, he's he's one of the only guys, Cody, who's been consistently productive, you know, for the last six years. He's been a fixture, I would say, um, uh, and not just that he's productive, but he's a great dude, obviously. You know, he's great for the community. He's a leader uh, and all these different things. He exemplifies everything that you want in a, a team captain. So he's that guy. And I think that if the Broncos did decide to trade him they would have to be getting blown away by some offer which i don't think that's going to be the case you know like i don't know that anybody's banging down their door to acquire his salary they would save eight million by cutting or trading justin simmons at this point again is that eight million in savings really worth it compared to the fallout of cutting or trading justin simmons right or even restructuring him cody kicking that can down the road when russell wilson's new contract kicks in in 2024 do you really want to do that with Justin Simmons do you want to kick that can down the road maybe they will a little bit like you said maybe you just free up a little bit of space with a signing bonus or a you know a workout bonus or something like that the real question mark in the secondary to me is Ronald Darby where do you stand with Damari Mathis being a full-time starter going forward if you believe he is a permanent starter opposite Pat Sertan you've also got Kwan Williams still under contract in 2023 would you move on from Ronald Darby because your cap hit on him is is let me just look at it really quick 12.6 million you save 9.6 million by cutting or trading him he's coming off the ACL a lot of injuries in his career to me I I, I think he's kind of a no-brainer cut 
cut or trade candidate, Cody. I would wish the Broncos could trade him. But do you view him the same way? Do you think Damari Mathis is now the starter opposite Sertan? I mean, I think it, it would be hard to unseat a guy like Damari Mathis, who had such an impressive rookie season as a starter, right? And I, I really like Ronald Darby. He is, 2023 will be the last year on his contract, correct? Mm -hmm. There's a possibility. I mean, there's also a possibility the team asks asks him to restructure this contract. But I mean, yeah, I mean, you have to look at it. What does Denver need, especially in free agency? I think that we've we've also talked about this in like an early preview. We know that they need another cornerback. You need cornerback depth on the outside. Right now, it's just Pat Sertan, and it's also Damari Mathis. I mean, they had Darius Phillips last year. That wasn't pushing the needle for the Broncos in case one of those guys got hurt. Luckily enough, you have a guy like Damari Mathis who was able to step up when Ronald Darby went down. He was reliable, but if any of those two guys went down, I mean, who do you have? I know we saw a little bit of Lamar Jackson. We saw a little bit of uh, you know Jaquan McMillan at the end of the season, but I mean, are the Broncos willing to go that route versus having someone who's you know an experienced veteran and when healthy, I think Ronald Darby plays pretty well. This is a tough one. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if they did cut him just to save money, but I think they'll ask him to restructure first and if not I think they would cut him yeah and I think he would be able to land on his feet rather quickly right it sounds like Vic Fangio is going to be getting a job soon and wherever that may be whether it's San Francisco whether it's (laughs) Miami wherever it ends up being look Vic Fangio he was on the staff when the Broncos signed Ronald Darby back in what was that 2019 at this point or 2020 2020 2020 2020. yeah that's right that's right so regardless Vic Fangio was there and and obviously they signed him to be a key piece of Fangio's defense. So I think, or was it 2021? It was the same year they got Sertan. It was a Kyle Fuller and, you know, it was the last year that oh, Fangio was there. So that's a trip down memory lane, Cody. The last three, four years, they just kind of blend together they do. in terms of just where what we've been going through as a franchise, I guess. So, but yes, Ronald Darby to me, I think he would land on his feet quickly, even with the injury. He's probably going to be healthy at some point this offseason, although that does complicate matters, right? Cutting an injured player. We were talking about this before the show. Like, there's no stipulation uh, out there as far as we know, like on spot rack to say, hey, you know, if the Broncos cut him, he's guaranteed this amount due to injury. There's nothing out there on that. But there are some things with that in the NFL that kind of pop up that you don't always know about. So that could be something to keep an eye on. If that is an issue with the Broncos and Darby in terms of his injury, that could potentially prevent them from cutting him until later in the offseason if they still would want to do it at that point. Well, Broncos country, one of the things we're going to ponder on today's episode of the show here is with the new salary cap in mind, how does it impact the Broncos' top priorities in free agency, including Draymond Jones? You get that on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel, and this year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet, and you'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no 
no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And our friends over there at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar that is out there on the market. If you want to take a bite into something that contains 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories or less, covered in 100% milk chocolate and completely healthy for you, Built Bar is the way to go. And what makes Built Bar so good? Like I mentioned, they're covered in 100% milk chocolate, but they also come in a variety of different amazing flavors, including churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built Bar does it, but I tell you what, the one thing you can do to make the experience even better, I like to put it in the fridge for an hour. Sarah likes to put his Built Bar in the microwave for 10 seconds to make it a little bit more gooey and mushy. It is tasty. It is fantastic. You can get some online at Built.com, or you can head to your local Walmart for a four-pack in the pharmacy section, or if you want to buy in bulk, you can go to Sam's Club, where they have Built Bar in bulk with a variety of amazing flavors like brownie batter and churro. You can thank us later. Continuing on today's episode, Locked on Broncos, how does the new salary cap number impact the Broncos with potential top priority free agents like Draymond Jones and Alex Singleton? Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in, making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. We appreciate you so much. I mean, Sarah, let's dive into it. Now that the salary cap is officially set, the NFL also released out numbers for potential franchise tag designated candidates. And when you look at Denver's roster of unrestricted free agents, there's really only one guy that stands out as being franchise tag eligible that the Broncos would use it on. And that is, of course, Draymond Jones, who we all know was a first time starter, started the, you know, 13 games this season for Denver. He missed four due to that final injury he had with his hip there. And in those 13 games, he was disruptive. He was dominant. He was good against the run, good at generating pressures. And he is the prime franchise tag candidate. But the hope is that the Broncos won't have to apply the franchise tag on them considering the new salary cap. What are your thoughts on this? And how might the franchise tag, if the Broncos apply it, how might that impact cost? It would be majorly impactful, Cody. Remember we mentioned earlier, the Broncos could save $11 million if they would cut just Graham Glasgow. It would take them up to roughly $23 million in cap space. Well, if you then would go and franchise tag Draymond Jones, that would suck up and wipe out all but about 3 or $4 million of that cap space. It's nearly $20 million. If, if he's considered defensive end, Cody, I guess I don't know where the what the NFL considers him to be if he's defensive end it's almost 20 million doesn't really matter though because if he is defensive tackle it's like 18.7 million so the difference of a, of a million you know between friends what is it you know uh, so I don't know exactly where the NFL is gonna put him in terms of that category but it certainly gives him a great starting point in terms of a hey, hey, you may have to use this on me this is gonna be my average annual salary which then potentially complicates matters in terms of do the Broncos view Draymond Jones as a $20 million a year investment on the defensive line. He certainly played at a level, Cody, that I would say where the NFL is going with, you know, the the different things in terms of the salary cap increasing, kind of just the supply and demand and Draymond Jones being productive, being a player that, you know, George Payton made an emphasis. Like he, he wants to keep guys at the team drafted. He wants to keep core guys around. We got to remember that. And so Draymond Jones to me would be exhibit a of somebody who's grown extremely well in your system. I don't know. Remember when he made the comments late in the season, kind of just about like, I'm a Bronco right now and those type of things. Like, I I guess I don't know where he stands. If he's going to try to wait to get to the open market 
there's a lot there, Cody, with Draymond Jones. It kind of feels like it feels like things are teetering towards either him hitting free agency or I don't know. That's kind of where I, that's kind of what I read the situation as. What's your read on the Draymond Jones situation? Well, I know when he gave those comments, it was it was fresh after the Bradley Chubb trade, right? And and obviously Draymond and Bradley Chubb were very close. And, and we, the thing that we talked about with him that he told us is like, he understands it's a business. You know, as it stands right now, he's a Bronco right now. Uh, I I think he wants to be in Denver. That's the thing. He's got a really great relationship with Marcus Dixon, who we hope returns on the coaching staff next year. A lot of these guys in that defensive line room. I mean, they they're very very close, and I think it would have to be you know a situation where teams want to bring out the Brinks truck for a guy like Draymond that I think would kind of lure him away from Denver potentially. But Draymond, like I said, Draymond's a great guy, great dude, great football player. I mean, he's all business all the time, uh, and and that's rare. You rarely see that uh, with you know with a lot of players. Like anytime you ask Draymond, like you have a press conference with Draymond, it's all about football. Like you know the football side, the business side. He's one hundred percent there with it so he's got you know I think he upholds that image really really well he, he's he's truly a hard worker I think he's, he's your epitome of a blue collar football player from that standpoint there so for me I think that they will try to work on something with Draymond and his agent obviously but if they can't do that I do believe he will be franchise tagged and I don't know like I don't think he'd be a guy that would play on the tag but I think that would as we've seen with the Broncos in the past especially you know even with Justin Simmons they've been able to work towards getting a contract done before I think it was that July 15th deadline where, you know, the player will have to play on the franchise tag or they'll have to sit out the entire year. I mean, it, it's that thing you want to get into. But I think Draymond does remain in Denver here in 2023. And now the next question is Alex Singleton, you know, another priority here had a fantastic season for the Broncos at linebacker special teams has value. I think long-term for this organization is, I think he's kind of found his home a little bit here in Denver alongside Josie Jewell. What are your thoughts on that? And also, you know, kind of to reassure Broncos fans out there about the cap space and how fluid it is. What do the Broncos have the advantage of that maybe gives them a more unique situation than some other teams? Well, I think what the Broncos have is they they have that friendship, you know, between those two guys, Alex Singleton and Josie Joe, specifically speaking to his situation. The franchise tag, Cody, for linebackers is 20 million. There's no way Alex Singleton's getting franchise tagged. So don't nobody needs to even throw that out there. He'll probably get re-signed. I think regardless of the coaching staff, I think he'll re-sign with the Broncos like a two-year deal, something around the 12 to 14 million range, similar to Josie Jewell based on his age, based on his productivity. Uh, and I think that shows great value to him. I, I feel like he's one of the top candidates to re-sign. Here's the thing, though, with the Denver Broncos that you mentioned that we need to all keep an eye on in terms of, well, the salary cap and the Broncos don't have cap space and this and that and the other. It's different than in years past where the Broncos could create a bunch of cap space and utilize that cap space, kind of like a Sudoku puzzle, right? You got to figure out where, where the right numbers go and you got to make sure you have everything in order, all the squares. Well, this is different. Now you can really manipulate the salary cap because you have cash-rich ownership. And when you have cash-rich ownership, you can really manipulate the cap to the point that, like I said, whose line is it anyway? The, everything's made up and the points don't matter, right? It, it, we see teams do this every year. We're always wondering, how did the Chiefs afford this guy? How, how did the Chiefs do this? You know, and other teams too. There's plenty of other teams that do it. And not to say that, you know, you can just sign whoever you want, whenever you want. You have to, those guys have to want to go to your team. You know, you can't just say, okay, we're going to. But I think the point is, is that ultimate flexibility 
it's it's going to be different in Denver this year and going forward because of those new owners. I mean, we've seen the Broncos ownership group pay 400k for a, a new field surface for just one game. So to me, that kind of tells me if I'm also free agents, like, hey, I think they're willing to pay. Like, if I can if I can play, and, and obviously if I've played really well and my my recent film stacks up against that. They'll probably pay for me, and rightfully so. I think that they should. I mean, there's going to be some extensions coming up here in a couple of years that for several key Broncos that are going to be very intriguing to see what type of money deals that they get and free, you know, hopefully before free agency. Hopefully, there's in-season extensions here in a couple of years. Pat Sertan included being one of those guys. I hope to see extended, to hopefully being a lifelong Bronco. But Broncos country, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of the show. You get this podcast anywhere you get your podcast in audio format. You can also watch us on. YouTube. Let us know your thoughts down below on the Broncos free agency situation including with the new salary cap in place. Which players do you think should the Broncos approach to restructure their deals? Drop them in the comment section down below or you can tweet us on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL at Sarah Benninger. We'll be back with more news hopefully and an answer on the Broncos head coaching search on tomorrow's brand new episode Locked on Broncos.